Hi, everyone. Welcome to Real Talk NFT, where I'm Brian, your host, and you know my amazing co-host, Joe. We have a really special guest here for you today. It's Brian Evans, one of the star judges on the next Crypto Gem, and he's also the CEO and founder of BDE Ventures, a Web3 advisory firm. Brian, pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Yeah, great to be here. Um... No, just excited about all the stuff going on in the TV show. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, let's just jump right in there. Uh, I'm really curious about the show and everything that you're building. What was your path into the show? And tell us a little bit about like how you got involved in crypto and Web3. Sure. Yeah. Um, so in a previous life, I had a marketing agency. Um, it was on the Inc. 500. And we worked with everyone from A-list actors to you know household name video games, things like that user acquisition, press campaigns. Um, but I got really bored with it, really sick with it. Around 2013, 2014, quit and just was taking meetings with different people. And um, at one chance meeting, um, hadn't even heard of it at the time, but someone came in and said, sell everything you have, buy this thing called Ethereum. <laughs> and I was like, what is the, what is Ethereum? It sounds like a virus. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and it was like right after the ICO and um, it was two, two, about $2.50. It was on one platform at the time in the U.S., um, bought a little bit of it. And um, I was writing at the time for sites like Forbes and Inc. Magazine. And I was looking for content to write about anyways. So um, I started writing about, I started realizing through my own writing, wait a minute, there's, there's some really serious use cases here of these blockchains um, that go beyond what Bitcoin was doing. So through my own writing, just convinced myself to buy more and more of it. Obviously, that worked out pretty well. And, you know, in the meantime, Angel invested in hundreds of projects. But Fast forwarding a lot, um, last year I was approached by um, so a friend of mine, um, Kevin Harrington, who was on the first uh, season of Shark Tank. It's one mm -hmm. of the judges and Brandon Adams. They worked together, approached me, and uh, they said, you know, it's not for Kevin. He's he's not really the crypto guy um, for this, but he had been involved with this company that we were launching a crypto uh, show that they thought at the time was going to be more like a Shark Tank. So they, they thought of me and they said, you should talk to the producers. So I talked to the producers. In the end, it wasn't really a Shark Tank style show. It was more of this unique spin kind of reality slash The Apprentice, um, which was really even more interesting to me. I didn't really want to be on a Shark Tank style show. I didn't really think that was up my alley. But the, the entrepreneurial side with, with more of The Apprentice kind of style um, was really interesting to me. So at the time, it was just this small production and um, didn't really have any idea what how it was going to go. Um, eventually they got George Cryptos R Us as another judge along with me and then Leia Halpern. Um, and it yeah. all kind of came together. They brought in some guest judges. They got a really good array of projects. I wasn't a producer at the time. Um, just kind of going with the flow and it, and it came out pretty good. I think, um, it's out, out, uh, September 7th. So we're, we're, I'm excited to, uh, see how it does on 200 platforms. Um, it, it was a unique situation because normally what happens with TV is you have to make a show, create a pilot, pitch it. Hopefully someone's going to put it on their platform. But this group, this billionaire that funded the whole thing also owns or co-owns a uh, distribution platform. Um, mm -hmm. So they already had this pipeline of distribution to, to reach Amazon and Apple TV and DirecTV, Samsung, all mm -hmm. these different platforms that it's going to be on. So that was a very unique situation. And I, I actually didn't know that was going to happen, but um, it, it worked out good because they didn't have to kind of go down the traditional route of, oh, let's pitch it and hopefully somebody picks it up. It already was sort of just plugged into this huge pipeline. So some of their previous shows have done very, very well in the, in the tens of millions of, of viewers and, and whatnot. So we have high hopes for it. So we'll, we'll see how it does. Nice. I read that there's going to be a prize too. Is that true? 
there's a bunch of prizes. Yeah, there's about 150,000 in prizes. Wow. So there's a whole bunch of different things, um, press campaigns and, and uh, exchange listings potentially and, and different things like that. Mm. Um, it, it's not really about the prizes, though. It's not as much... It's more just to be the winner. So these these contestants, yeah. a real show, by the way, it's a real reality show. They're really competing and really fighting to win this show. They really want to win. They want to be the next crypto gem. So it start the premise of the show. It starts off with about eight teams that are narrowed down to four. Uh, Sixteen ultimately narrowed down to eight. Narrowed down to four as the season starts. As the judges were kind of coming in, and it's sort of been narrowed down. Um, and we're coming in. There's these four teams. We're debating about some of the last final ones, four teams, and they then boom, here they are. They walk on camera, basically, in episode end of episode one, two, um, and they start competing. There's there's different challenges that they go through, and they're rigorous, tough challenges. Um, I won't spoil it for people, but there's some very tough challenges that they have to go through. And it, you know, if you think about it, it's not as much as we're in a decentralized world with crypto. It's still, in many cases, many of these projects still have teams, right? So. If you're betting on these projects, you're still looking at, you're still thinking about it from an entrepreneurial sense of like, what, who can these guys pull it off? Can these people pull it off? Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of want to, it really puts them to the test in many ways as well. They're, they're polled and quizzed on different terminology and different things like that, which is great because it has a, a educational aspect to the show where um, there's moments where it's kind of the big short moments where it cuts to camera in that you're looking at the camera and they say, oh, an ERC-20 is a da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, and then it kind of goes back to the show. Um, so there's these educational moments throughout the show that educate the audience because one of, one of the biggest problems with mainstream TV, which is this is on, is that you're reaching a broad audience, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be like, what is an NFT? What, huh? What's a body? What is this? What is a DeFi application? Right? So you need projects that as well, this was taken into consideration with the producers, you need projects that are going to make sense to the average person. So things that are visual and things that are sort of easier to understand. Not that they can't have lots of depth to them, and they do, uh, all of these projects, but they're, they're very, without spoiling too much, they're visual projects that you can kind of wrap your head around in terms of a category and say, ah, underneath that category, I see this, this DeFi stuff. So uh, that was all taken into consideration to make sure it was appealing to a wide audience, but true to the crypto crowd as well. I, I love how you're, uh, how it's like an educational piece at the end of the day, because this is yeah. what, one of the first, I think this is the first, I know there was one floating around some random network years ago, but this is one of the first, if not the first like major crypto TV yeah. show to be, well, I think one of the networks is like Amazon, correct? Amazon, Amazon, Amazon Prime, Amazon Freebie. Um, awesome. Amazon Free, they have a great narrative because they just had this jury duty show out a while back that did really well, went very viral. So there's a lot of people looking on that network now. Plus the writer strikes happening right now. So there's not a lot of shows out there. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this well, but I, I've been looking right. on Netflix and different platforms. I'm like, there's nothing new um, because there's writer strikes going on. So it's a kind of perfect timing in a way. There's, there's not a lot of content out there. People are looking for things to watch just coming into the sort of fall season. Um, you know, and it has, yeah, a lot of, a lot of big platforms out there. And, and some of them are homepage featured, not Amazon. But some of the other platforms, you know, you're going to see it right at the top um, for a period of time. Um, it's over seven weeks, too. So it's not just like it just dumps it all out there. It's an episodic show once a week for seven weeks. And then it'll, it'll rerun many times uh, over after that as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, 
between all the platforms. And it's also in about 55 countries. So it's 200 platforms, 55 countries, 15 languages. So it's, it's quite widely distributed. Um, so, so people are going to see this. Um, but yeah, I think it's the first mainstream crypto TV show in terms of these kind of platforms. Um, so there, there's been a couple of movies and, and things like that as well and documentaries, but never a reality show of this kind of mainstream scale. So, and, you know, it's already picked up for season two. So, uh, oh, nice. the, uh, another, another, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so eventually we'll be putting out uh, now that I'm sort of involved in co-producing for season two, there'll be, um, an application process at some point, probably on the hourglass, um, Twitter, um, which is the production, the, the team behind the show, um, who will put out a, an application for season two and it'll be a bigger, this one, six main episodes and a recap episode, seven, seven episodes. Season two will be bigger, longer episodes and uh, more episodes. So, um, yeah, it's going to keep going. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, I guess with this kind of distribution, you can kind of predict what the numbers are going to be like. And, you know, <laughs> hopefully people like it. I think it's pretty entertaining as well. It's educational and entertaining too. It's, it's reality, right? So there's some definite entertaining moments with known big personalities in the space as well as get, you know, these guest stars that are coming into the crew make create some dramatic moments, um, that are very interesting. Um, uh, people that are relevant in the media right now, ironically, um, are on the show and some very dramatic things happen in the show. So people are, you're going to learn a bit. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be funny and uh, everything in between. So <laughs> I'm hoping I can get my wife on board because she's like a big reality TV show and I get wrapped in go. with the best of them. But you know, yeah. she hears me talking about all the ERC 20 NFT <laughs> on chain blockchain, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the terms. So I'm excited. That's where the educational elements going to be. So whenever I'm talking to like my normie friends and family, I'm like, Hey, you watching the TV show? You should know these terms by now, but <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. It's kind of, you know, for me, it's kind of like watching a baking show. I don't know, like a baking reality comp. This is British Bake Off, I think. And my wife watches it and I don't know anything about baking, but I'm watching it because it's dramatic, right? And, um, you know, I'm watching in the background and it's, and I'm starting to learn a couple things about baking that I would have had no clue about. Um, and it's interesting when you're, when you're, have your attention on something, if they do put an educational aspect into it, people will come out of this. Even if they know nothing about crypto, they're watching it because it's interesting or funny or dramatic. Uh, but uh, they learn end up learning something about crypto, which is kind of the goal in the end. So uh, most of the things I'm doing is it's it's all about education and, and bringing awareness um, to a, to a larger group. So um, th this fit the bill. Yeah, I would probably be that target audience or or member that got affected in that way. Meaning, uh, NBA Top Shop brought me into NFTs, right? And you being the marketing expert. Uh, kind of a two-part question here. One is, how are you guys marketing you know, the show to normies? Uh, um, it would be hard for them to click the button, right? I imagine the big personalities and bold titles might help. And I guess number two, the larger question is, how do we kind of bridge that uh, divide that we have, which is getting, um, I wouldn't say mass adoption, but just more people on uh, to see all the benefits of Web3? Yeah, the good thing about this show in particular is it has such wide distribution. You're going to have a lot of discovery, which I guess I call it, is yeah. people, you know, across these 200 platforms, they're going to be finding it, looking for content, discovering it um, across Amazon, DirecTV, Samsung, you know, and this is global across, across many different networks. So there's going to be that aspect of just sort of organic discovery because it's on so many platforms. Mm -hmm. um, then you're going to have your PR campaigns and marketing campaigns that the producers and even some of the contestants are running their own campaigns and us right. judges are running different marketing campaigns. We're going to be doing Twitter spaces and live tweeting and 
you know, all sorts of different advertising is out there. Um, so it's it's tough to to reach a you know to to target a very ma- widespread audience. to reach the crypto. We have a lot of the crypto crowd involved. You know, there's some influential people in crypto involved. So I think the crypto people will see it and be aware that it's mm-hmm. happening um, if they choose to watch it then. Um, but the mainstream crowd is actually the tougher one because you're kind of, you know, that that's where the discovery really comes in. Or you you want people to kind of stumble upon it or hear some 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 recap on Twitter that's happening. George Cryptozoros, who's got a huge YouTube channel, he's going to be doing some live videos as this comes out. There's there's other YouTubers as well that are going to be doing some some videos around it and live streams and things like that to kind of drive as much awareness as possible to it. And there's different marketing agencies involved. So there's a bunch of things happening. Um, At the end of the day, it's like you can do as much as possible. And then people just, you know, come for TV. It comes same with movies too. It's like people like it or they don't like it. Hopefully they like it. And then they tell people about it. You know, that's, that's kind of the, the end goal is that's how you reach a really wide audience is people just organically like it. And they say, you gotta, you gotta watch this, that word of mouth. Um, in my experience, for something like this, is the best marketing campaign you can have. Even though we have all the other stuff, it's it really comes down to that in terms of okay, do, do two million people see this or two hundred million? You know, the two hundred million comes when it goes viral because everyone's talking about it. So that's what you hope for. Uh, maybe land somewhere in the middle, right? Um, so uh, either way, I think it's gonna it's going to have a very widespread audience. So um, yeah, we're we're excited for it and. Uh, yeah, you know, because it's over coming out over seven weeks, basically six, seven weeks, we have a lot of time in between to kind of do different marketing efforts and campaigns ourselves organically and things like that to, you know, make sure people saw that, see different, you know, episodes and put some tra- different trailers out there for each episode that the producers are going to be putting out um, different kind of teasers and things like that. So um, I think we have a good shot at reaching a, a pretty wide audience. Um yeah. And I think the category it's into is is a great category for, for this time of year. It's they considered at one point putting it out in the middle of the summer. I'm actually glad they didn't do that. You know, a lot of people are traveling and there's vacations yeah. and we've just come off co years of COVID and different things and people are finally taking their vacations. So it was actually good that we didn't put it out. We were gonna put it out early August, it was gonna be early Jan- July, but finally they said, you know what, let's wait till fall. Um, just have the best shot at mass distribution and a mass audience. And I think that was a good choice in the end. You said you said there was uh, sixteen teams or sixteen, I guess, total contestants. How uh, I think you initially said in the conversation that there's there's a way to do an application. Is that how you selected the first sixteen through like an application method, or did you <laughs> handpick them just from your expertise from BDE and they were knowledge with three? Yeah, the, the the before I actually got involved, they had selected sixteen teams, um, mm-hmm. and then eventually the us judges got involved in the final selection. Um, but there was kind of a, an array of teams we had to have to break down and say, okay, like above these, they basically started as 16 teams. They broke it down to eight and then the judges broke it down from there, um, from, to the final four, which was us. Um, so it was definitely a tough process and especially being a new show, you didn't have thousands of applications probably going to happen now in season two because <laughs> um, they know the kind of distribution involved. But at the time, it, no one knew like if it would be distributed. They thought it was maybe just some random YouTube show or something. Um, but, uh, you know, so we I, I think there was maybe around 100 applicants. I can't, I'm not sure the exact number. Um, I think that's what I heard. And um, they broke it down to 16. And it was tough because, again, it was, you know, how do you, for a mainstream audience, you can't get too far down the DeFi rabbit hole if it's too technical and you're explaining ZK snarks 
as the first project or something extremely technical, um, a mainstream audience might just be right over their head, um, yeah. understandably. Um, so they had to really be careful in making sure there was projects that just made sense um, more broadly speaking, but had the crypto you know principles and ethos and um, whatnot. So um, yeah, for season two though, uh, at some point, during the first few episodes, I believe there'll be an application put out. Um, and I think the Hourglass Wait Twitter will have that. It's Hourglass underline wait. Um, I believe they'll be putting the application there for season two. And then, um, yeah, people can apply. Um, and usually what they did, and what they did in season one was the applied, then they, from people they broke, you know, they, they decided were good projects, then they did video interviews because it's on camera, right? So you want to see how they come off on camera. Um, so, it uh, the process was a combination of looking at the project, making sure it was the right category to be a gem, you know, which is obviously subjective. Um, and then from there, you know, are these people somebody that you'd want on camera? That a lot of cases there was a lot. Uh, interesting one too. There was a lot of anonymous anon founders, right? Oh so yeah. What do you do there? You have a guy in a mask show up. Um, <laughs> could be could play well for TV, but maybe they didn't want their voice on there. Then it's just too complicated to have to edit their voice and you know, hide their appearance all the time. So it didn't, may have not worked well for, for TV um, in this season. And uh, maybe in a future season, that, that will be a, a thing that, you know, as budgets increase and things like that, it'll be, hey, let's bring in a non-founder in and this, this guy, girl, whatever, um, can wear a mask and uh, we'll, we'll change their voice, um, you know, if they're, if they're okay being potentially doxxed behind the scenes. Um, so uh, sky's the limit, I suppose, in, in future seasons. Though, there, there were some very interesting, yeah, the, the, you know, they had the choice to a degree of if they wanted to come themselves or bring a co-founder. So some teams showed up as two um, and some showed up as one um, for different reasons. And that in some cases, that was an advantage or a disadvantage, um, depending on the competition. Okay, you got two people, you know, how do you have, how do you tackle mm. this one? Okay, you have one person, how do you tackle this one? And, and again, as you can imagine, depending on the challenge, apprentice style, there might be an advantage to having more people. There might be a disadvantage too. Um, right. So they had to weigh that. And you know, it's it's like any competition show in future seasons. They're probably going to look back at this and say, "Okay, who played it well? You know, who who didn't play it well? What could we learn? What should we do? You know, like Survivor, you might if you if you're on season five of Survivor, you might look back at season one, two, three, and four and say. Okay, who did this well? What did they do well? What should I do? What should my strategy be? So it was a real show. That's that's the thing. It's this was real. Um, so even as the judges, it was very difficult. I, I invested. A, I've invested in a lot of projects. Judging people that are standing right in front of you that are like emotionally involved in yeah. the show was way more difficult than deciding to invest or not invest into something. Um, because they they put their you know blood sweat and tears sort of into uh, the show and the, and everyone that was on the show took it very seriously. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't uh, let's just you know Yolo was very serious to them um, and got a very emotional at times. Um, so yeah, it was really tough. And sometimes the the the, narr- the margin of who won or lost was very cloudy and and difficult to to and narrow. Um, so we would we had split decisions amongst the judges even of who won this episode. Um, you know, okay, this is the competition. This team did really well, but this team also did really well. You know, the the goal was to do X, and you know, it was there was a lot of nuances like who 
technically did the competition the best, who's who's more of a generally a better project, and then it then you know, fast forward all the way to deciding the winner, you're thinking, okay, you know, who who's who is the crypto gem, right? Um, is it someone that nobody won all the all the all the episodes? There, it was very you know very again split in in every way. So it was it, it came back to the judges to really try to make sense in a, an unbiased as possible way of who won this thing. Um, and, and it could be interesting because you, you know you'll probably get Reddit threads and such pop up where people are you know basically agreeing or disagreeing with who we who we picked um, as the winner of different episodes or the entire show. So that'll that'll be interesting to see what the fan theories are of who should have won or who did win um, based on what they did, you know. Um, and uh, again, it's some of the competitions were based on their project. So depending on their project, they may have had an easier or harder time with that particular. It'll make more sense when people see what the challenges are, but they may have had an easier or harder time with the with the with the challenges, depending on what type of project they had. Um, mm. So this all played fact. This was all a factor in you know, and everything. So yeah, it, it was, it was, and, and oftentimes we had minutes to decide. It was, okay, judges go deliberate. And then the, you know, the producers kind of poking in and saying, okay, have you decided, have you decided, you know? And it's like, then there were some moments where the producers would kind of pop into the judges room and say, okay, well, right after you guys left, we did a revote and the, you know, the audience of this challenge thought X, right. And, or something like that. And then we're wondering, okay, this is a reality show. Are they messing with us as judges now? <laughs> you know, because we're as much involved in this dramatics as, as the contestants are. So then we're wondering, you know, what's going on here? Okay, we have to just, again, stick to our guns. And this is what we think. This is who we think won. You can think what you want. This is how we've calculated it. This is what we think. Um, and again, it came back to split decisions. So it was very tough. I found myself personally oftentimes in that role of, oh, wow, on both sides of me, I have two very different opinions. <laughs> um, how, how to make sense of this? Okay, well, you know, and then just kind of going back to like, okay, as unbiasedly as I can think, this is this is how I see it, you know? And uh, that's, how, that's how I carried myself through it. I just tried to be as unbiased as humanly possible and um, just stick to, you know, who I thought did be- better in the, in the competitions. Mm-hmm. Was was this your first TV show? I mean, you just seem to translate great on this podcast. What can I say? Good voice. Uh, is this the first time you've been on any TV show? Well, um, so I, I grew up in outside of Boston um, originally, and I moved to LA about uh, almost fifteen years ago now. And when I first moved to LA, my my agency was doing very well. I was kind of bored. I was looking for something else to do, and I kind of took my hand at acting, and um, uh, so did a little bit of acting, um, just some small independent stuff and, you know, things here and there, but didn't like the industry at all. So in the last 14 years now, 13, 14 years, haven't done any of that. So in a previous life a little bit, but not really, not in a long time. Um, and, and I was rusty, believe me. Um, and, and there's things I will change for, for season two and things that, you know, you forget about and don't realize. And it wasn't a huge production, right? So there was, it, it, I did, I do think it came out I've seen a little bit now um, of the, most of the episodes, um, and I think it came out really good, it's even to my surprise. And I was like, "Wow, this came out really good." There's a couple things I would change for season two. Is you know little things of like, "Oh, I didn't realize." Like you know, there, for example, there wasn't a wardrobe person, so it was kind of like, "Here's an idea of what you should do and wear and stuff like that." And then seeing it back, I was like, oh, "Okay, well, if I had seen that, I would have either not worn that or like 
fix the wrinkle, you know, like stuff yeah. like that. So those minor <laughs> things that I would definitely change. Um, but it was all minor stuff. Luckily it was stuff that maybe I'm just noticing cause I'm being hypercritical of myself, but, yeah. um, and sometimes, you know, it's you, maybe when you see yourself on camera, you're the worst critic of yourself, whereas other people are saying, oh, that's fantastic. Um, so had a little bit of experience, but, but honestly, not much. Um, so it was, a, it was a new experience for me. And, um, you know, we had there was seven or eight cameras going all the time. And you never knew if you, the mic was on all the time. So you never knew. Again, you're on a reality show. There's a hot mic on you. And you're like, I'm behind the stage. I'm backstage right now. But I don't know if they're going to be using this footage on the show. <laughs> And there were some oh. dramatic moments that made it seem like, wait a second, is this like part of the show? Is there cameras here? You know, <laughs> this mic's on. What's going on here? Um, yeah. Give us and, a peek. Uh, um, reality shows, sorry to interject, but yeah. there's, there's no script, right? So is there like no bullet script. points that you have to follow? Did you just start rolling and they're like, hey, George, take it or Brian, <laughs> take it. How does that kind of unfold? So there was premises of each episode. So, you know, premise one was here's a competition. They're going to come in and do X, Y, and Z. And you're going to, you know, tell them this is the, the challenge. So there was a general like flow of what the challenge was, but nothing was scripted about how the challenge would go or who was going to win or anything like that. So, you know, they have to go off and do X, Y, Z, and we have to judge them on it. And it was really as natural as possible. There would be some technical things of the cameras would say, okay, we're, we're focused on Brian now, then, then George, then Leia. And like, so Brian say something first, you know, so it'd be like something like that, but it would, they wouldn't know what we were going to say. Um, you know, and there wasn't retakes, right? So um, even going up to all the way to when the winner happened, um, they kind of made this, you know, they, they got really serious because they were kind of saying, all right, we've got one take because we want the real reactions from everybody. So, you know, you've got like seven or eight cameras on you, you know, you're basically delivering who's the winner and they're all standing there, you know, nervous is, is, you know, super nervous. And, um, uh, you had one take, so, um, lots of cameras, so you just couldn't mess up and it was tough. So, you know, you were, you were nervous, but you just kind of kept pushing through and, um, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, I think we did good in the end. I think we did good in the end. Again, some stuff I would change for season two, uh, nothing's perfect, but, I think we did pretty darn good for for kind of like you got one take here <laughs> um, and no script and uh, tell us what you think you know and and hopefully this is also you know entertaining and funny at the same time uh, so it was it was a lot of pressure but um, I think it came out good so we'll see what people think oh, so good that's uh, <clears throat> that's really interesting uh, just the entire like segment and how it's all been brought together. And I love that it's going to be on mainstream TV. Tell me a little bit about just your other um, co-hosts, I should say, or the other, uh, other judges, what George yeah. and Layla, I believe. And then you mentioned Kevin Harrington, I believe. So who, yeah. where's everyone fall in line there? And just one more to piggyback on top of that. What type of like different personalities do you bring to the yeah. table? I feel like that's how reality TV show uh, structure it. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I was the first judge. So Kevin Harrington is a, is a guest mentor in the show. Um, mm -hmm. I was the first judge um, they brought in. And um, then they brought in uh, George Cryptos RS. He's got a big YouTube mm -hmm. channel. He's, he's a known YouTuber for years. Um, one, of the, one of the most, um, to this day, uh, most live people on his stream of most of the YouTubers, I believe. Um, and Leia Halpern. Um, she's a known Bitcoin personality. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the strategy with the judges, and, I, and again, it wasn't, it was the producers obviously decided this balance was the way I see it. Um, I think Leia has hot, a lot of hot takes and 
you know, controversial statement kind of person, um, you know, and uh, bold, bold, very bold views, worldviews and opinions um, that come off great on camera um, mm -hmm. and can be controversial and drum up uh, buzz. And George is, he's fairly technical and, you know, pretty far down the rabbit hole on most crypto protocols and Bitcoin and, um, but he's, he really appear, appeals to the, the everyman, I think. His, his show really exemplifies that, where the average person, um, he obviously he has very professional audience as well, but the average person can really relate to him. He's relatable um, in terms mm -hmm. of crypto. Um, and I think, you know, if I had to guess, I, I don't know, I think they brought me in as sort of the balanced person in between of kind of like, you know, polar opposite views in many cases, and someone has to kind of like push things to make a decision, right? So I found myself in many ways kind of the one going, oh, wow, okay, we're, we're, I'm faced with lots of different views here. How do we make sense of this? Okay, well, you know, then going back to my principles of investing into hundreds of things um, of how to make decisions, and, and it was hard and often very difficult, and you had very little time, so you don't always get it right. But um, I think that was the balance of the people involved of, of uh, bold personalities. Then you need somebody kind of, you know, somewhere in the middle of, of making some sense of things and also explaining to the audience in, in a sense of how you're making this, how and why you're making these decisions. Um, and I think that's for me, that's that's where I'm pretty decent of saying, OK, well, here's how I see it this protocol, da, 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 and this is what I would do. And I often kept it in the sense of what I would do. Um, and mm -hmm. it's hard to put yourself in everyone else's shoes, right? So you, as much as you want to put yourself in, you know, the audience's shoes of how they might see it, you kind of have to stick to your own ethos of, of this is what I would do. Um, you know, mm -hmm. what I invest into this thing, what I do X, Y, or Z, what do I think? And that, that's kind of what I, where I left it, um, based on my experiences. So, um, yeah, the, the, the balance of judges was good, I think, in the end. It definitely had it, it had the drama there, but it also had some education and you know, everyone really shined in different ways um, as judges. And um, the contestant selection as well was was obviously challenging um, to get the right mix of people. And um, you know, even there, there's some things that can be done for season two and improvements and you know, balance it out even better um, than it was for season one. But I think there was a good array of projects um, for for that as well on that side. I'm um, sorry, in the second part of the question. Yeah. Mm. I don't really remember what the second part of the question was. Uh, just about, I was curious about like just the judges and the personalities and yeah. how you intermingled because I feel like they're not putting three Brian Evans up there with the same personalities yeah. and views. And no, you did a wonderful job kind of giving us a, a look at, you know, how it's all going to shake out. I'm, I'm just excited for the show, to be completely yeah. honest with you. Not because you're on our podcast. It's truly <laughs> like I'm ready. I'm, I've been... Uh, I think it's what September seventh. I read it. September seventh. It yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I mean, I'm a crypto Web three NFT geek. I love all things mm -hmm. blockchain. I could run this podcast for three hours talking about <laughs> everything and anything. So that that was just really interesting to me. Um, I'm personally very excited to see the show. I'm definitely going to be tuning in. Um, Joe, I'm not sure if you have any other questions for Brian. I know we're coming up close to time, but. Uh, just personally really yeah. excited. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I think the last question I have is since you've been on the show and you've had a lot of experience here uh, investing into Web3 companies, um, kind of what, what's next? You know, what what are you most excited about coming to us in Web3? What might be the meta for 2024? 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I've always been somebody that's really focused on the infrastructure and, you know, bringing, going back to Coinbase, they provided a solution. People wanted crypto, you know, they needed a place to buy it. It was relatively easy to use. They provide that solution. We're kind of just getting there with, with things like NFTs and metaverse tech um, mm-hmm. and, and other DeFi protocols where it's still fairly technical and there's still the rails and the on and off ramps and the infrastructure is still, still getting there, right? Um, it's still not easy to the point of the average person off the street can look at it for five minutes and figure it out. It takes way longer <laughs> than that still. Um, so things, the reason I'm focused on even TV, for instance, and video games is another important category for me um, because I think it brings ultimately mainstream adoption. Um, so, so my goal has really just been doing things to bring Web3 to the people, so to speak, of teaching them about it, you know, and I think we need a lot more of that. We, we, uh, <laughs> crypto is still a very, crypto and Web3 is still a very small world. It's yeah. still a uh, small little eco chamber still so for the most part. Things will definitely change and are changing every day. Um, we're getting good news every day and different things are happening, but I think we just need more of people going outside and telling people about it. TV shows, video games. I love, I love, I think video games, I'm I'm so bullish about web three games and I think it's going to be a category. I don't think every game is going to move to web three, but if I had to pick one category besides infrastructure, it'd be video games. Um, because yeah. it just makes so much sense. Vitalik was literally a video game player. Most people don't know this. Right. And Rage quit World of Warcraft and, <laughs> and then built Ethereum. Guess what? <laughs> a lot of the concepts from World of Warcraft, a lot of the concepts from video games made it into Ethereum. You know, there's quite literal, literal ones and there's, you know, smart contracts are framed like game, game setups where they have sets of rules and things you can do and build upon. Um, you know, even the even the tokens themselves and the the, the economies that are built are, are modeled after game economies. So it just makes so much sense. Uh, it's just one of the we're building a video. We're built. Uh, one of my companies is building a video game. I'm invested into a lot of video games that are going to incorporate, you know, Web three elements. And look, it's not going to be overnight where you have to. Everyone's going to be able to connect the wallet and understand what's going on. But over time, you're going to say, "Hey, you realize your character is an NFT, right?" Um, and so oh, cool. you know that gold is actually a token. Um, oh, you know you can do X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know th- this is a metaverse, by the way. Um, you know, so I'm really excited about video games. Um, but yeah, just anything that is going to reach a large audience um, is is important to me. So yeah. In regard to the whole metaverse and video games, I, I'm aligned with you 100. percent And I have some young kids who just can't get enough of Roblox. Yeah, and I, my wife's like, "What's this Roblox game?" And this is recently, and I was like, "Well, it's essentially a metaverse." Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was like, "They have like, except it's centralized and everything." But I was like, "They get in their characters, they walk around, they talk to each other, they can buy skins and different things using my credit card." And I'm like, "This is definitely going to change into a Web three world and take over." It, oh yeah, it's it's not easy yet to make that happen but there'll be a path very soon where i see see it being very successful and one last note on that is you know in web 2 games you never people don't wear their fortnite skin as their social media picture but in web 3 you absolutely do you know you guys others have nfts as their their profile pictures right um (laughs) you know um and that's that's that makes it the network effect so much more viral um, than ever before in Web two, so it's like if the lighting isn't on the wall here, you know, it's we're literally changing our faces to be these NFTs representing them. If if that isn't proof that people want ownership, 
then I don't know what is. But um, it's just a lot of the signs are pointing that way of this. This just makes so much sense and um, such a big category. So, yeah, and I think, yeah, it's going to take generations to, to really gaming is a huge industry. So the, the counter arguments always, well, you know, Web2 is fine gaming just how it is. But I don't believe that every single game is going to turn over to Web3. I believe that there's going to be a category within gaming, that this is, this mm-hmm. is the Web3 category, whatever we want to call it, um, where people are going to say, yeah, of course I want to own the land myself. Of course I want to own the character myself. I'm paying $2,000 for Fortnite skins. I want to own those. I don't want right. to, the developer yeah. to rug me one day and say we're not supporting it anymore, right? Um, so uh, I think ownership is a natural progression of everything that's happened in gaming. Gaming's fundamentally changed over the last... 30 years um, in every possible way. The, the types of games went from, you know, games that you play for a little while, die, game over, to people realizing, wait a second, we can't have game over because then they're not going to play and they're not going to share it with their friends. So we need to keep the game going forever. So they made the game go forever. And then they got to the point where there's so much engagement in these games that people are like, ah, I've spent 4,000 hours in this game. I want to own something. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, so it's just a natural progression of the, the level of, you know, engagement and, and uh, player agency really in these games. So anyways, long story short, yeah, I think gaming is a, a great category. Yeah, I love that outlook. I mean, I think we have a very similar thesis with gaming and NFTs and how that's all going to shake out. I mean, time frame wise, not sure. I think it's coming soon, but we need to help onboard and educate the masses. And this is exactly what the next crypto gem is going to do, hopefully, from a TV show point of view. You know, everyone's yeah. going to be watching these getting some sort of education behind NFTs, blockchain, crypto. And uh, personally, I know I said before, I'm super excited. I'm going to be probably the first one tuning in on the 7th. So you at least got me as the viewer. No no worry. I won't bug you about any uh, uh, insights or future winners or anything along those (laughs) lines. I'll watch it like a good boy and Uh handle the breaks I'm supposed to handle. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited for it to come out for sure. Uh, but we would love we would love to have you on the show again, but maybe towards yeah. the end of the season or sure. beginning of next season for sure. Uh, or if you have something with BDE Ventures, where you know we want to talk a little bit about that. You're, you're a great interview. Yeah. Seem like a great guy. And uh, well, we'll see how you vote on the show. Let's just <laughs> we'll see how yeah, you yeah, vote. Yeah. Maybe yeah, George sure. will. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see. I'm we'll like, see. I'm like, I well, love like, that Brian like guy. Got rid of my favorite founder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> People might hate me after this, so we'll, we'll just see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, find it hard to believe, but yeah, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely love to have you on the show again. Uh, bring you on Real Talk here. We'll drop the links below for everyone at home, so you can uh, find the show. We'll drop uh, Brian's Twitter profile. Anything uh, you need to get a hold of him, so I'll be in the description. And uh, we, we're really happy everyone joined us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Bye.